This is the Tantalk Radio Network. Okay. Welcome to Moments of Clarity with Tiffany Werner, licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida. I chose to take this path and get sober and proceed in my life to become a teacher and a mother and a spouse and, you know, do kind of the normal life thing until I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder in my 40s. Moments of Clarity's mission is to educate and end the stigma on mental health through the inspirational stories of our exceptional guests. You can join in the show by calling Tiffany toll-free at 866-826-1340 or on Facebook and Twitter at MOC with Tiffany. Now, here's Tiffany Warner. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. My name is Tiffany Warner. I am a licensed mental health counselor, and I'm your host. And welcome, everyone. It's Thursday, and I love Thursdays and Fridays. We're live on air with WTAN. And before I introduce my guest, I want to say hi to Ed behind the glass at the studio. And a happy Thursday to you. What you got going on back there? Where are you in? Where are you in Dubai? I'm in Tampa Bay. <laughs> I, really? I, I upgraded my office. So when did we get those buildings? How about you just be quiet? And you know what? <laughs> I'm in Tampa Bay, Ed, and where are you? <laughs> I'm in a studio. You, you only get one guess. During, we got those buildings during COVID. I mean, ah, where have you been? At least something came out. It's of over it. the right. bay. And yeah, it's just a different view. I, yeah, water looks I great. Great new office space. I know mm. the bay is very calm today. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's raining anyway, on this side of the bay. Yeah, well, I, I'm worried about the storm and the connection, but we're going to work with this. You know, you and, know, Florida, um, you don't like the weather. Walk across the street. And <laughs> it's very true, actually, especially this time of year. It's it's kind of cool because it's showers and it's like just downpours for a second, and the pool clears out and everyone leaves. And yep. then us Floridians that are native, like we just go, okay, now it's time to go out and everyone's gone and we've got the social distancing going on and it's great. <laughs> so it's um, right when it starts to rain is when we put our suits on. <laughs> We're like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, so we've got a great show today Ed, and so great to see you and thanks for you being too. here and for everything. Miss you in the studio. I'll be back soon, hopefully. And um, you get to see you know, my annoying face through the glass all the time. <laughs> I, I, do miss, I do miss seeing you in person. I miss seeing a lot of people in person, but just playing it safe, you know. Yeah, I but understand. My guest today is a, a, a wonderful author, and she um, started writing books um, in 2015 and has overcome so much that's inspired her to write books. And she's an author, a poet, blogger, screenwriter, coach, and lives in North Carolina. And I've got her wonderful book, How to Remodel a Life, A Guide to Living Well with Alcoholism and Bipolar Disorder. And uh, we're going to talk more about this book as well as your others. I want to welcome Hope Anderson. Hi, Hope. So grateful to have you here. Well, I'm, I've been looking forward to this. So I'm glad we finally got together. That's great. Yes, we did that through schedule due to some COVID stuff. But yeah. We're, yeah. we're finally together. Yeah. Reunited. It feels <laughs> so good. So let's start in the beginning where your moment of clarity was what you've been through. Um, you know, obviously living with alcoholism and bipolar um, hasn't been easy. So let's start from the beginning and well, how your um, moment of clarity came. My, you know, 
initially when you you said to me this is the question i'm going to ask you you asked me about when i started writing like when i became a writer and i became a writer when i was a little girl i wrote poems and short stories and had some of them published when i was in my teens and 20s and at that time in my teens and 20s my alcoholism took off and by the time i was 24 i was so I was such a desperate alcoholic that it was either keep writing or get help for my alcoholism. I couldn't write and not drink. And wow, it's usually the opposite for most people. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, no, usually no, I when think, people I, start drinking, they can't write. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> a lot like, of what people, did I write? A, a lot of the guys I hang around with were bad drinkers and they you know that was their inspiration was their alcohol so anyway i chose to take this path and get sober and um and proceed in my life to become a teacher and a mother and a um spouse and you know do kind of the normal life thing until i was diagnosed with bipolar disorder in my 40s and that was um, a very traumatic event, which I'll go into in detail a little bit later on. Um, and then- You got diagnosed in your 40s. That's pretty late to get diagnosed. Yeah. So- um, Usually the onset is in early 20s. Yeah. And I think I had bipolar disorder in my 20s. In fact, even in my teens, but nobody saw it. Nobody, nobody noticed right. I was not given the diagnosis. So um, you weren't told what it was. You just had the symptoms and didn't know what it was. No. How did and, it feel when you finally got diagnosed and found out oh what it God. was and be able to? What a relief. It must have been a relief, right? A, a lot of people are afraid to get that label. And it's, it's not the label that defines us, but when we can actually, you know, um, identify the symptoms, the, the, the actions and find a way to to remedy them and to that's right that's right um, to help them. them heal help yes completely yeah. is what really matters yeah so but because of that um manic breakdown that i'd had that was so devastating i lived i was sober and i was treating my manic depression but i lived in a state of guilt, remorse, and fear for the next 20 years. And I, I was really living not a happy, joyous, and free life. It was, it was a difficult life. I, I didn't know how to really be happy. And so then, and this is gonna sound strange, but my husband got liver cancer, and this was my moment of clarity. He almost died. In fact, the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville told him he only had three months to live. And, you know, we went home from Jacksonville and played pretty good jokes on the um, stereo in the car. And then we got very quiet the next day and kind of each communed with our own higher power. And we came to accept that Tom was going to die. But what that meant for me was, what am I going to do with my life? I've been doing nothing 
that I, not nothing, but I've been doing everything for everybody else all these years. What's going to happen when the kids are gone, when he's gone, I'm not teaching anymore. You know, I didn't know. So emptiness syndrome. Emptiness, empty life. When your husband had liver problems, you said that right, um, was that from alcoholism as well? Yes, he had cirrhosis of the liver, but like he's been cirrhosis, sober for a yeah. long time. Yeah. Oh, um, so he, he made it through it. Not many people Oh, yeah. It. He made it through That's the liver great. transplant, which yeah. was amazing. It was a total miracle. And, you know, and now he's in better health than he's ever been. He's a certified personal trainer. He exercises all the time, eats all the right food, does everything right, has a perfect routine, and he drives me crazy. But um, anyway, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> so, so anyway, because he puts me to shame sometimes. Um, but anyway, I hate organized my, people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was my moment. They of put clarity. me to shame too. Yeah. Hey, I wish I had my bell. I miss my bell. I'm going to get a bell. Every time someone says movement of clarity, I ring a bell, but not since COVID. COVID took yeah. my bell. I need yeah. someone to send me a bell. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Well, You're doing great. Keep saying moment of clarity. It makes me happy. <laughs> okay. So he, so that was my moment of clarity. I, yeah. I was being again. quiet meditating one day and, and that's what came to me. If he's going to, do this and go on and be a certified personal trainer. Well, then I'm going to be a writer because I've wanted to do that all my life. So we went to a conference. I went to a conference with him in, I think it was September of 2015. And I brought my notebook and a pen or two, and I started writing a novel. And that novel was published in 2019. It was When the Moon Winks. But in between then and When the Moon Winks. That was your first book? When the moon winks. Um, no, that was actually my my second book. Um, I published this one, The Book Sisters, in 2017. But that one snuck in there somehow. And then I published this <laughs> one, which is my book of poems, my first book of poems, um, Taking in Air, in 2018. Beautiful cover. Aren't they nice? I love that one. And then this one I published uh, last year. Um, That was the one I had started writing in 2015. So I've been pretty What are they all about? When the moon winks. I want to, I mean, and then the other one, just a brief description. Yeah. We'll we'll get to that in the second segment. We'll get to your books in the second segment. I'd like to give a shout out to musician songwriter Don Lawson, who both produced and performed all the vocals and instruments on my Moments of Clarity theme song. Now it clicks, Moments of Clarity. Now I hear Moments of Clarity. Now I get it, Moments of Clarity. To yourself, be kind, it will please your mind. Hi, this is Tiffany Warner, your host of Moments of Clarity. Living with a mental health disorder is not easy. If you or someone you know are struggling with this, please know it's so important to seek treatment, and I'm here to help. Please visit the website at momentsofclaritywithtiffany.com to view blog posts and resources on this site to help educate and inspire you to take action because there's no shame in seeking help for mental health. While you're there, please take a few seconds to sign up for my email list. You'll get some extremely valuable educational and entertaining content that can be sent right to your inbox each week. Plus, you'll also get instant and free access to my guide on managing your anxiety. You can also follow me on Twitter at MOC with Tiffany and at Facebook at 
at Tiffany Warner. And once again, the website is momentsofclaritywithtiffany.com. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to your show because change can only come when we stand together as one. We are back to Moments of Clarity with Tiffany Werner. To join in the discussion, call 866-826-1340. Now, here's Tiffany Werner. Hello. And I want to hear about with the, the drinking. You couldn't write without drinking. Your moment of clarity was when your husband uh, got liver cirrhosis and had to have a liver transplant. And so... How did that tie in with the bipolar and the alcoholism? Well, I think how that tied in is that I had been recovering from alcoholism since I was 25. And I had been recovering from, you know, maintaining my health care for bipolar disorder. And I had not had another uh, manic episode since I was in my 40s, around 1998. but what I, how it ties in with alcoholism is that if you do certain, take certain steps in your recovery, you pretty much are guaranteed that you will enjoy a happy, joyful, useful life where you'll stop thinking about yourself all the time and start thinking about other people and you'll feel you like the 12 step program. Yeah, yeah. So, um, someone's on the toilet head. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I, I, I think that the way it works out is that I had all that recovery behind me when I got to the point in my sixties, when I felt like I finally wanted to make a choice for myself. I was top, I was sick and tired of living my life for other people and I needed to become all these characters I was writing about. I was writing about this woman trying to, you know, find herself and about six girls who are off trying to find themselves in the world and everything else. But here I was, you know, keeping on doing the same old, same old. So um, when that opportunity arose for me to write some of this stuff and get it down, that was really my moment of clarity. It was it was less about writing the books than it was more about exploring what was inside me and what I needed to get out of me. And you know, mm-hmm. it was just so therapeutic. It was it is so therapeutic. Yeah. yeah, and my poems are very therapeutic too. They're they're kind of fun. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, I would like to hear some excerpts too as well. Um, yeah. And also talk a little bit more about um um give me one second we have some comments on um facebook live here someone said um my book um my mom got diagnosed with bipolar when she was over 50 and um so that's got to be pretty frustrating to not know what's going on with you, like when you have symptoms. And also, uh, another question is: I'm curious to Sharon Leflam. Um, I'm curious if identifying as "quote unquote" bipolar di- diagnosis continues to mentally pigeonhole your belief about yourself. 
No, it really doesn't because I think if you, if in your- in, Thank in, you guys for posting questions. If you're taking care of your bipolar disorder, if you're taking your medication the way it has been prescribed to you and you're doing that consistently and you're not, you know, backing down on it when you think you're okay, it's very important to keep on taking that medicine no matter what, you know, and to be very honest with your doctor if you're starting to feel different. You know, I think the, one of the most important things I ever did was to become transparent to all the people around me mm -hmm. and to just say, this is what's going on. And even that's hard because I still got, you know, defects where that goes. But I think the hardest thing about being bipolar is the effect that I think it must have had on my children because they were young. Not not knowing and not knowing why mom was right. up and happy and then down and depressed. And, you know, it was like, I mean, I was, I think I was a pretty good mom because they've come out very well, but, um, but that, that's definitely something. And I think it's been wearing on my husband um, to not, you know, he's kind of a stable lumberjack kind of guy and, I think he's sometimes this flighty woman he's living with <laughs> drives him to distraction. So, but yeah, you know it's funny that, and um, we're gonna do this, and we have to take a break. But when I say funny, um, we're all something, and that's what the whole point of this show is to end the stigma on mental health. I live with high blood pressure, hypertension. I've had it since I was twenty-five. Um, it runs in my family. I have to take blood pressure medicine twice a day. I have anxiety. I have to take anxiety medicine, right? You know, as needed daily. Um, ADHD. Um, so that be back in the day, I could have probably reached my full potential if back in the day mental health was taken more seriously right. um, in school. Until I found my passion. Um, you know, if I'm when I'm studying with my master's degree in psychology, something I'm really into. I am a sponge. I don't need to study. Kind of like yeah. kids with video games. But yeah. when it was boring, like math for me and physics or uh, trigonometry, it was like I could not retain it at all. Um, with the symptoms, how you're saying, you know, if it's pigeonholing, we are all something. But you know, with health conditions, our brain, I feel, is the most important organ we have. Without the brain, I mean, my worst nightmare is to end up with Alzheimer's or not be able to remember things. Um, our yeah. brain is the most important. Why not treat it most importantly? And there's nothing wrong. A lot of us have diabetes, high blood pressure, um, you know, any physical ailment you think about it. And um, let's, we treat that without shame. Um, but then someone says, okay, well, I have bipolar or I live with bipolar or I have symptoms of OCD or I have symptoms of this and then there's shame and stigma attached to it it's it needs to be fixed because it's I, there's nobody that doesn't have anything and the people that say they don't have anything scare me the most because those yeah. are the severe narcissists yeah. or sociopaths I mean yeah. everyone has something I mean yeah. even in the diagnostic for mental health it, there's a phase of life problem yeah. Like who hasn't been through a change right now everyone's going through something with covid and the pandemic we're all adjusting to something and yeah. those are in there so but to identify ourselves as such and label ourselves as such and fear seeking help 
is just going to limit our potential in life on reaching our full potential, reaching our relationships, damaging our families, suicide rates go up, um, relationships go down, we lose friends, things like that. And it, it doesn't have to happen. And so yeah. I admire what you just said. Everything you just said was so on key. I would bring the belly out so much. Well, like that you, you know, said you were relieved to get that and like to be able to go back and I mean, and be the mom you want to be because you can you can you can stabilize your moods and not go through that. Yeah, and I think what you just said about you know asking for help in the, in my book, um, how to remodel a life. Um, one of the first tools and the toolkits at the end of that very first chapter is um, ask for help because I think, you know, as alcoholics and we tell ourselves we don't have a disease that we do have because it's a, a disease of denial. With um, bipolar disorder, some of it feels so good because those manias are kind of fun sometimes, but the depression is- I know a lot of people. You know, so a lot of people like the manic because it gives them energy, it makes them creative and everything, but the reverse side is dangerous. Right. And we need to stabilize that. Hope, hold on one second. It's time for our first break. Okay. We need to pay a tribute to our sponsors and um I wanna welcome callers to call in. We'll be back with moments of clarity in just a moment. Please stay tuned. Have you struggled in finding the answers? Forever Forward Financial can help. We need to change our mindset about how we view money. From one of scarcity, there's just not enough, I'll never get my piece of the pie, to one of abundance, that if I learn how money works, if I learn how to make more, save more, grow more, protect it all, it's a pretty big piece of pie for all of us. That's what we're trying to help people do here at Forever Forward Financial. Learn that our mindset about our money should be one of abundance, not scarcity, if we're willing to learn the rules and reap what we sow. Please give us a call today. The number, 727-422-7761. 727-422-7761. You're listening to Moments of Clarity with Tiffany Werner. My name is Tiffany Werner. I am a licensed mental health counselor and I'm your host. And we're talking about alcoholism, living with bipolar, and and the benefits and how serious how it's, it's okay to not be okay and seeking help is very very important but as well i want to welcome callers to call in my guest today is a, an author of several books wrote so many wonderful things and helps others with tools and with things that have helped her along the way where she had so many moments of clarity and I love how many times you've said that too and I want to welcome back to Moments of Clarity Hope Anderson. Hello Hope and Hi. welcome back. 866-826-1340 and um, so anyway where we were leaving off is how Hope is out there. No pun intended Hope. <laughs> hope well, is out there. Hope Anderson's out there but you know Hope is out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I actually and, uh, kind of put that in, in the book there at the end, um, 
you know, that because my name does get punned on a lot of times, I am somebody who um, subscribes to the notion of possibilitarianism, that if you just uh, take proactive and active steps, little steps, little baby steps along the way mm -hmm. to, and set yourself up in the beginning of, of routine that works for you and isn't overwhelming that you're going to drop as you know after a week or something like that but you just kind of let yourself enjoy your life the life is out there to be enjoyed and there's a lot of enjoyable that's things so to true. you know i mean that is so true so one of the chapters is about play and about playing and the importance of playing and being you know not in touch with your inner child but but just going out there and writing on the writing in chalk on the sidewalks or skip roping or doing, doing riding a bike doing anything that's going to make you feel just a little bit connected with who you were before all the stuff happened in your life do, do you jump rope still I do sometimes. I do sometimes. I don't know that I can. <laughs> I don't know that I would have to do so much. I used to be yeah. really good at it in Foursquare, and <laughs> I used to be a gymnast. And um, and you think that there's like some things that don't leave you, like riding a bike or something. And I tried to do a back handspring, and it did not work well for me. <laughs> I still have a gash in my leg from hitting. <laughs> Well, I am, I but it used you. to be so natural for me. Like, it, <laughs> no, you need to keep stretching and keep practicing. That that goes away if you don't keep up with it. Just yeah. word to the wise. Yeah. After you hit, after you hit, thirty-five, forty. <laughs> don't do that anymore unless you're yeah. a trainer. Take yoga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take yoga. Stay away from trying to think that you can uh, still do the things that you used to be able to do you know but I mean I didn't fall on my head but I definitely didn't land well <laughs> silly anyway that's off the topic but there are some things that we learn in childhood that we can take with us that are strengthened that we don't lose such as our education um, our sense of security or our self-esteem our confidence and our ability to believe in ourselves and that's built since childhood and sometimes if it's not with childhood it grows as an adult and and i think that you started writing in 2015 and we have a comment from karen badia karen says bipolar in itself is extremely difficult to live with but when you have other issues such as addiction or other mental health issues it amplifies bipolar to an even a bigger extreme yeah um, and i mean well of course. I mean, that would be a dual diagnosis. It's like right. double whammy. So, so what that um, one of my children is a doctor, and she talks to me frequently about uh, the dual morbidity, dual morbidity of alcoholism and bipolar disorder. That very frequently people get and are diagnosed with bipolar disorder before they become alcoholics. But um, you know, in my case. I became an alcoholic or I was, I registered myself, I acknowledged myself as an alcoholic because nobody would listen to me about my behavior. They, I don't know, I have five sisters, I, 
I don't know what they thought of me. I know I was probably a pain in the butt to live with. Um, you know, I, I just think sometimes, and I think that's partly why I had to write this book in ways to make amends to them, to let them know that um, I am so, so sorry for all the stuff I put them through. You know, I, I can't imagine. What are, the, what are some of the things that you feel like you put them through? Well, I stole from them. I I stole things from them. I one time I ripped the do my my sister's doll's head off, her favorite doll. I um, I who doesn't do that? Uh, yeah, who doesn't do that? <laughs> All the I, older brothers do. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I basically stole my father from them because I I really clung to him in every way, and I just didn't leave him any time to give them attention and um you know I just don't think I I don't I was so self-centered and so isolated from them they told me I was adopted and I believed them because I was the only blonde in a family of brunettes and I didn't feel like I belonged but that's part of alcoholism you don't feel like you belong you just feel isolated and you don't have anyone that you relate to so I didn't feel like I related to my sisters and I blamed them for things. And that's been something that's been um, a defect I've definitely had to work with is blaming people for what really is my responsibility. Um, Shifting blame and focus. Also, if you weren't diagnosed properly, you might've been self-medicating because alcohol, for some reason, people tend to go towards when they're depressed. Yeah, and if you weren't manic, if you had bipolar two, I guess, um, if you were more depressed than manic at the time, I don't know. Wait, you? Um, I was. I'm bipolar. I'm yeah, I'm bipolar. More, more manic than more more manic than I would when depressed. I was in my manic phase. I would. Um, here's some things I did when I was manic. One thing I did was I ran the Boston Marathon without qualifying, and I ran it in three hours and twenty seven minutes which if you know anything, that's like really fast. Um, right, I'm jealous. <laughs> training to do that, and then I got in a car accident. Oh. But it was going to be the year that got bombed, so everything oh, happened for a reason. Either. But yeah. I made it past half a marathon, but yeah. Um, definitely not in three hours would it ever yeah. happen. That's, yeah, yeah you're like the roadrunner. Beep, beep. Yeah. Beep, beep. So then <laughs> another thing I did when I was manic was I – put on this festival at my high school, I single-handedly, literally, except with the help of one art teacher who helped me teach uh, screen, silkscreen t-shirts, I put on this festival with um, cooks and gymnasts and dancers and musicians and artists and, um, you know, every kind of entertainment that you could think of that we had in the school and I brought it all together on this on May Day and we had and I should have said May Day May Day but um uh, you know brought it all together and it went smoothly and everybody had a great time and then when the dance was going on that night I just slept through it I didn't take part you put it on and then you just slept through it crashed all? crashed and um, another thing I did when I was manic was somebody dared me to walk around the whole of Block Island in Rhode Island, 
one day. It's a 25 mile hike around the island and you have to swim a channel at the end. And I did that just to prove that I could. And I, I was always doing that kind of stuff. If somebody told me I couldn't do it, I would jump on it because yeah. I, I, you don't tell me I can't do something. I believe I can do it. I love anything, it. You know? That's, so. that's not just mania. That's, that's awesome. Hold on one second, Hope. We have a caller. We have caller Sarah. Yeah. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for calling in. Welcome to Moments Clarity. Sarah? Welcome to Moments Clarity. Maybe we have to unmute Ed. Hello. Hi, can you Hi guys Sarah. Hear me? Welcome to Moments of Clarity. Yes, I can hear you now. Thanks. Hi. Hi. Thanks, Tiffany and Hope. Thanks for calling uh, in. I love your show, Tiffany. Thank you so much. Thank you so much uh, for calling in and for your support. It means you. so much. I love callers. <laughs> Thank you. I love your shows, by the way. Um, I appreciate I that. That I means have a lot. Question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hope. I was diagnosed with bipolar back in 2005, early 2005, um, and I have multiple diagnoses, and um, I have a question. I have a couple of sisters, and they seem to, I've gotten well, and I am doing great now, and I'm on, I was uh, put on like over 60 medications over like uh, probably almost like 20 years. And the doctors really oh. kind of messed me up, so to speak. So, um, but then now I'm just on just a couple of medications and I'm doing fantastic. Um, so my sisters kind of see me as still the sick one. I'm the youngest. I'm 43. So they still see me as the sick one and don't want to, because they don't live with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I live with my mom right now and, and kind of helping her. And I am on disability, and um, I'm trying to get my life together, and I'm doing fantastic. And I found someone that is helping me um, reach my goals and that believed in me. And I'm working really hard, and my sisters just somehow don't really want to see that. My mom sees it. Other people see it. Everyone else sees it. But they just somehow don't want to see that. And they're yeah. just kind of stopping me from it. So have you had that similar experience Absolutely. with family members? Absolutely. And how, do you, have, and, how have, and how have you dealt with it? Okay. Because I don't well, know how to like repair, repair the relationships at this point because it's really difficult for me. Well, you, <laughs> there are so many things that I say in my book, um, How to Remodel a Life, about dealing with this, this situation. Um, I have mm -hmm. five sisters and I mm -hmm. am on good terms, I'd say, with one of them, um, okay terms with two of them, and two of them won't speak to me, but they all still oh. look at me as though I'm the crazy one. And um, Right. Are you the youngest? No, I'm not the youngest. I'm the fourth. And, um, you know, I also have to say that at times my my husband carries that scythe over my head that I'm the crazy one, you know. Um, look at Your what husband he does too. Yeah, and um, you know that's a whole another show. I, the way that I deal with it is, first of all, I take to heart the saying that 
what other people think of you is none of your business. You know, that you have your own yes. recovery and you have to sure. keep on a true path going toward your true north, you know, and doing the things that are, that come to you through whatever it comes to you, some kind of inspiration, some kind of message that you're getting from the universe that this is the way you should be going. This, okay, so here you heard somebody on a talk show today and maybe you'll get my book and read it and you'll get something out of it. You know, it's like instances like that. Um, but I think one of the things about trusting ourselves is we have to become trustworthy. And I know when I was alcoholic, active alcoholic, and when I was actively bipolar, I definitely was not trustworthy. I, I definitely was not. I, I couldn't believe anything I said. I, I rarely believed anything I did. And, you know, I had to teach people how to treat me. Um, so all those things, you know, take time and relationships take time. It, it has taken for me um, years of sending note cards and birthday cards and Christmas cards and presents and reaching out every once in a while and, you know, just, um, just keeping the door open on my side. And, you know, that kind of has really helped me and, and not holding it against them that they feel that way from, you know, who knows how my actions affected them. When I was writing this book, I had one sister tell me that I ruined her life. And, you know, I know that can't be possible. I can't ruin somebody mm. else's life. Is that the one you ripped the doll's head off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined her life because you ruined her for Barbie doll. But um, we're going to have to let you go. It's time for our second break. But Okay. I was kind of just kidding there, but there's no Thank way that a, a sibling could have ruined the life. That's a little extreme, but yes, I'm glad you ripped her. I'm glad you ripped the doll's head off now. <laughs> 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 just say for putting that on you. That's horrible. But, um, you know, everyone's responsible for their own actions and yeah. that they're going to hold that, that unforgiveness and that resentment that's going to be on them. And it's, uh, it's a hard emotional bag to carry. And, mm -hmm. You know, it's a shame. But Sarah, thank you so much for calling in. And um, we do have another caller on the line. We have caller Brian, but it's time for our next break. And then we get back to the caller in just a moment. But we're going to go for our break. And um, you guys are welcome to call in. And we'll be back with Moments of Clarity in just a few minutes. Please stay tuned. We will return to Moments of Clarity with Tiffany Warner after these messages. Are you looking for a great book? If you like to root for the underdog, Joe Potosi's book is a book for you. A real American odyssey that will grab your attention with its fast-moving narrative. You won't be able to put this masterpiece down. When the Dust Settled by Joe Potosi. Go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Zulin Press. This is the Tantalk Radio Network. Now back to Moments of Clarity with Tiffany Werner, licensed mental health counselor. To engage in the conversation, call 866-826-1340. Here's Tiffany. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in. This is Moments of Clarity. My name is Tiffany Warner. I'm a licensed mental health counselor, and I'm your host. And my guest today has published so many books, gone through so many things. I'm 
and it's helping end the stigma on mental health and how important it is to seek help so that you can heal and develop positive coping skills for whatever's troubling you. And um, her latest book is called How to Remodel a Life and a Guide to Living Well with Alcoholism and Bipolar Disorder. And welcome back, Hope Anderson. Thanks. And what a pleasure it is to speak with you. Before we went to the break, we had a caller, Ryan. And um, I'd like to get to him. Ryan, thank you so much for calling in. Welcome to Once Clarity. Uh, thank you very much. I apologize if I've got some background noise. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you sound great. You sound so great. There's no background noise. Okay. Thank you so okay. much for calling in. Um, Appreciate it. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm connected with the show, as people know, and uh, Hope, you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, we got rescheduled, and Tiffany mentioned that it was kind of a COVID thing, and you kind of covered for me, Hope, uh, when you were talking to, I believe it was Sarah that was on the line earlier. Um, but I actually uh, went through a very dangerous manic psychotic episode just very recently, which um, ultimately ended me up in the hospital. I ended up poisoning myself, uh, not knowing that I was doing that. And I've had I've had uh, some pretty major episodes in the past, um, and the thing that always comes home to roost for me the most, and you and you've already touched on it a bit, but I wanted to get a little bit more uh, in depth about dealing with the shame involved in what you've done, because I know that in what I have done. And because my mind takes a vacation and I go crazy, other people are impacted by what I have done. And other people had to, in this particular instance, a whole bunch of people had to come together to communicate about me because I couldn't communicate for myself in order to advocate for me in the hospital and in order to keep me alive. And so I really feel just this incredible sense of this burden of how will I ever repay those people that were there for me when my mind went on the blake. Oh my God. Oh my gosh, right. Uh, 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 excuse me, but I was one of those people, right? It's because you're worth it. It's because you're worth it. And, uh, you don't need to repay anybody for being there for you. That's what people do with that love each other. And I, I, it's, it's, it's tear jerking to think someone would think that <laughs> if, if I was going through something like that, you know, I would hope you'd be there for me as well. Cause I was just one of those people. I mean, Ryan's so amazing. He had a plethora of people like, look, I mean, but go on. I, I, I was very I humbled by the number of people that, stepped up to make sure that I was okay. And as a matter of fact, Tiffany forwent, I mean, she went, she didn't do the show so that she could FaceTime ride with me in the ambulance to the hospital. Um, so, you know, Hope, I- Right, I, I, I called him and he's yeah. like, are you okay? And I go, it's showtime. And he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I'm letting you down. Meanwhile, he's in the, in the ambulance, in the back of the ambulance on oxygen. And I just rescheduled the show. The guest wasn't very happy about it. That's how you got rescheduled. All of these things kind of 
but I when wasn't going to tell anyone that, but look at how transparent, transparent an impact. Yeah, we're yeah. just happy that you're okay. And you had a virus, I'm, it wasn't you going crazy though. But yes, you do live with bipolar. Most of my best friends all live with bipolar. I have ADHD and I mean, if it's a high school, they're the ones that are like, let's do Atkins. And all of a sudden I'm eating meat and avoiding whatever. And then, and then, oh, now we're vegetarians or let's rearrange our hair. Let's do this. this. And I'm trying to keep up. And later on, we <laughs> find out that they, she's bipolar. <laughs> and I'm like, trying to keep up all the time. But I mean, I find sometimes for me having ADHD, you know, repetition and ordinary, what you would want to call kind of typical, normal, average. I don't know. They bore me. I like interesting. I like different. I like impulsive well, like, well, and bipolar, risk, risk takers the too. Definitely, the bipolar definitely makes people, makes people interesting. And, yes, you know, I hope sure. I should probably... I should probably read your books. Yeah. Um, I I only I only got to know you a very brief period before I went into the hospital, and I was I was I had no idea who I was for about three weeks, um, and it was and it was really dangerous. But um, you know you were you were talking about you were talking earlier about uh, you know the shame that you had and how you send gifts and things like that, and 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 I just. I just wonder, you know, what is what is your best advice for those of us that are coming out of this feeling like, and everyone says the same thing as Tiffany, oh my God, we would be there for you in a heartbeat because we know you would be there for us, and I would well, to the best of my <laughs> ability. Um, I'm, I'm not sure I believe that. Um, I'm not sure I believe that. At least that has not been my experience. When I had my full-blown um, manic episode in which I ended up having an affair with a chaplain counselor who was counseling me and um, oh wow who, that's who a just, crime who just no, happened not on to your be, part yeah well whatever um, that's a crime on their part uh, yeah but anyway it was it happened and it devastated my it's husband it totally of course that's you know totally devastated him, totally broke apart our world. My community of support in New Jersey, where we lived at the time, basically everybody shunned me. Um, it was a very, very bleak time. And for years after that, really, literally, for the next 20 years, I cowered. I felt so much shame. I, I felt like I needed to apologize for myself every day and you feel like writing your book has been part of your apology yes i do and i think it's been mostly an apology to myself for beating myself up for so long you know i one of the things i say in the book is we are not bad people getting good we are sick people getting well you know and i really like that we have we have four we have four minutes guys till the yeah end of the video. we have four so minutes so let me I'm, close gonna, up. I'm gonna go but ahead stay and, with me like i said but jump off but thank you so we much we can stay Hope. on live Please. after the show but we'll, we'll talk more about this in a little bit okay? okay um but you guys can stay on live with us on facebook live and youtube but let's um 
for those listening on the radio, Hope, I want you to plug all your stuff right now. Um, where to find your books? Do you have a website? A N D E R S E N. Okay. Dot org. org. Right. Uh -huh. And then um, I have a Twitter account at Twitter Hope C Anderson. They're all Hope C Anderson at Facebook at Twitter. I have a um, Hope Anderson author page for Facebook where I keep my author stuff all updated and but my website pretty much has stuff on it that anyway if i keep up to it um we'll have events <laughs> and things like that that should be posted on it um so i have my online course that mm -hmm. i teach on there i i uh, have this online course which is basically motivational um not lectures, but just the motivational but, talks. Uh, if you're yeah. trying to get over something and do something that you've been unable to do, I do these seven motivational talks with exercises. Sounds and, great. So okay. hopecanderson.org. Okay. Yeah. And um, and thank you so much for being on Moments of Clarity. We have to wrap up with the radio show. We're on every Thursday and Friday at 12 to 1, and on. Can talk all the live streams. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do so at MOC with Tiffany forward slash or Facebook.com forward slash MOC with Tiffany. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, team. Thank you for everyone. And thank you, Hope, for being on the show. Be kind to yourself and a stranger. You never know what they're going through. Take care. See you tomorrow. Get out of your way. Now it clicks. Moments of clarity. Now I hear moments of clarity. Now I get it. Moments of clarity. To yourself, be kind, it will please your mind. Find your joy, trust in you. Put in the time, you'll see how you grow. Anyway, we're just uh, with Facebook Live, just staying with it. And um, yeah, we went through a scare. We lost a friend almost, and it really affected us like that. Um, so I can understand what he was saying. It, it does impact other people, but there's nothing, I don't know, in my opinion, for you guys to feel bad about. You can't help it. <laughs> and it's not intentional. And on top of that, people that understand what bipolar really is and addiction really is, is more, they're more likely to show compassion rather than blame. It's not intentional. When you take the intention out of something and people understand that it's not on purpose, then the hurt is less there because you know that it's, um, it's not on purpose. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's when people can't help something it's more it's it's more forgivable you know but anyway hope really quick show us the books that you have out there and it's hope canderson.org but you have so many i know i have the one how to remodel a life and i'd love that you get get into toolkits and things yeah. that but i mean i hope that this that is one. the writing this has one? been i want that one when the moon when, when the, the moon, moon when the wing winks, yes. This is like that a beach read. This is a beach read. Yeah, it's that's, a real that's easy what I read need. about a woman's transformation, which is what I always write about: is transforming women to become themselves. That's, that's I love that. I'm gonna. That's the one I'm gonna buy. I um, I don't want to remodel my life at this point, but what you 
wrote is going to help a lot of people. That's the one I have. I want the wind and moon winks. I need a beach read. I need an outlet. Here's taking a, in air. Taking in air. This is a poetry one. Do you want to hear a poem? Yes, please. Okay. This is called Three Turtles. Three turtles okay. with, with golden feet perch on a mossy log, deciding whether to slide into the cool water out of the hot sun or watch me pass by in my blue kayak. I'd like to take a lesson from those three and simply hold my ground, observing life pass by. No need to leap into the depths or hide my head under a pillow. It's only life after all, one miracle after another. Who would have thought that a woman like me could float in a pencil-thin cloud uh, boat on top of a sea of clouds? This late date, life would take such a turn. That's beautiful. So there, I want to close on that too with the poem, but I want to say one more thing that, that struck me during this interview. You blame yourself and you hurt your husband by going to counseling with a chaplain at a church who should have known better <clears throat> when you were in a vulnerable state. And regardless on what you did, that man needs to go to jail. <laughs> just saying. It, it is a, not even just the chaplain part, but the counselor part, it's against our code. It's, we're not allowed to do that. It's illegal we are not it's kind of like a, t a teacher with the child you're not allowed to date your students you're not allowed to date your clients and you're definitely not allowed to sleep with them and i think it goes against church code too <laughs> it's wrong on so many levels and you've been punishing yourself for that when you went for hope went for help and you trusted this person and they took advantage of it and that is wrong on so many levels i'd like to talk to you more after another time about it but I hope that justice was taken because that guy should not be practicing anything of the sort kicked out of the church kicked out of counseling and that struck a chord with me a nerve because and then you it almost broke up a family you blamed yourself but when I know that when people are going through episodes of depression or mania or anything they're very vulnerable. They're very not thinking themselves, very impulsive. And, and any therapist type person, especially of the church, but I mean, not especially the church, just any therapy type person, when someone comes for help, it's, it, I'm speechless that, <laughs> and it's hard to get me to be speechless here, seriously. <laughs> But that is wrong on so many levels. And then you're blaming yourself for it. Uh -uh. We're going to no, talk I, later I, about that. But that is, that is just horrible. I have a new motto. My Not new of motto. you. Not of you so much. Horrible of that counselor, yeah. chaplain, uh, who you went to seek yeah. help. That person. Not but so I have a you. new motto. My, my new motto is... People respond much better to a hug than to a stick. And so I stopped beating myself up on the back with that stick of shame and guilt and everything else and started loving myself instead. 
and I've learned how to love myself the way I am, you know, warts and all, bipolar and all. And I don't, you know, it's not that I don't care what people think about me, but you know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. So you're doing great. And one thing that people don't understand that, that or people that don't live with bipolar, it's, it's scary. It's hard to plan vacations or hard to plan interviews or hard to know what mood you're going to be in over holidays or when family comes around or when it's, there's mood swings when manic episodes occur and things like that. It's, it's, it's not, it's a very challenging way to live because you just never know when it's going to appear. Um, it takes a lot of courage, um, I, in my opinion, for, for anyone that has a mental health, um, I don't want to say disability, but issue, um, challenge, I will put it that way, that to get up every day to shower, to get dressed, to live how a lot of people take for granted, oh, this is easy. Well, not for some people, and they still do it. And they're heroes in my book. Not sick, not beating themselves up, but they, they do feel shame. They feel, they feel less than, they feel like people are gonna look, we're gonna look down on each other. And um, that stigma needs to end because if you lived in your own worst fear every day, like your own fear factor kind of, I imagine having that go on and never know when it's going to hit and see how you'd feel and to look down on people that actually get up and fight through that every day we should look up to them because they are they're strong not weak not crazy they're strong and to not seek help is is a shame mm -hmm. but hope um i decided to get on my soapbox i just <laughs> was a trigger for me <laughs> thank you so much for being on moments of clarity thank you for you having me today. I really and, enjoyed and, it. And we'll post your we'll post your um your links everywhere too. And please answer the questions on Facebook Live because there's some comments for you there too as well. Okay. And we will see you another time. Keep in touch, okay? Okay. All right. So we're gonna stop the live stream. Say goodbye to everyone. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening for Moments of Clarity. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Take care. Okay. Bye. Now I get it. Moments of clarity. To yourself, be kind. It will please you.